Well, good morning, everyone. We are so excited that you've chosen to join us here today at Calvary. My name is Caitlin Mapes, and I'm the high school director here at Calvary, and I'm super excited for the opportunity this morning to share with all of you. Um, so I've been at Calvary for a few months now, and when I first accepted this position, I did not realize there was such a thing as Youth Director Sunday. But apparently, the Sunday after Christmas is the Sunday where youth directors and youth pastors all over the nation are speaking in main service because all of the senior pastors and associate pastors are all on vacation. So, happy Youth Director Sunday. I'm super excited that you're all here. And, woo, and, I, and I am also excited to be here as well. Um, like I said, I started at Calvary just a few months ago in August, and my husband Jeffrey and I love being here, and we are super thankful for everyone who has helped us feel at home here. And if you, had, if you haven't had the chance to come and say hi uh, to us yet, we'd love to meet you, so feel free to come and, and meet us after the service today. We would love to meet you. Um, so I'm going to be sharing with you this morning something that God has been teaching me a lot about lately. And it has to do with an idea that I feel like a lot of us struggle with. It's the idea of obedience. So kids and students in the room, do not freak out. This message is not about obeying your parents, so don't worry. Uh, the kind of obedience that we are talking about this morning does not have to do with a family structure. It has to do with how we respond when God asks big things of us. If we say yes to the things that we feel God leading us or pushing us to do, things that we're scared of, things in our life that we're convicted about, but not willing to take steps toward real change. Things that will probably cause a positive outcome for us, but there's still something holding us back. So obedience has to do with saying yes, but more specifically, I think that obedience is saying yes to where we feel God calling us to change. Obedience is saying yes to where we feel God is calling us to change. But based on experience, I don't think that obedience always happens right away. I'd love to stand up here and tell you that every time God has called me to change something in my life, that I've responded immediately with obedience. But it doesn't work that way. Obedience is a difficult thing because it requires us to put our own desires aside. It requires us to move away from what we want and move toward what God wants. And that's why I also think that obedience is not just a response that happens in the moment. It's a process. And we're gonna look, or we're gonna spend some time unpacking that idea this morning by looking at someone in scripture who set the ultimate example of what obedience looks like and what we can do to set our hearts up for success when God calls us to make changes. So turn in your Bibles with me uh, to Luke chapter five, and here we see the moment where Jesus meets Simon Peter. And if you don't have your Bibles with you this morning, that's totally fine. Feel free to use the ones in the pews in front of you or follow along on your Bible app. But Luke chapter five, starting in verse one, says this. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Peter, its owner, to push it out into the water. 
So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. And we'll continue with the rest of that chapter in just a second, but I want us to focus on that first interaction for a moment. This was the first time that Peter met Jesus. And the interaction was kind of interesting. According to psychologists, it only takes seven seconds for us to form an opinion of someone based on a first impression. And I wonder what my impression of Jesus would have been in this moment, because if someone were to approach me and ask me to take them out in my boat, I would not say yes. Peter had no idea who Jesus was or why he wanted to use his boat. And if I were Peter, my first impression would probably have led me not to trust the situation. But Peter doesn't respond this way. Peter says yes to Jesus and he takes him out onto the water. So obedience requires us to move away from what we want and move toward what God wants. And in this moment, Peter's response shows us that obedience looks like moving away from wanting control and moving toward trust. Obedience looks like moving away from wanting control and moving toward trust. Peter had the opportunity to remain in control of that situation because it was his boat. And Jesus was asking a lot of him in that moment. But instead of choosing to control the situation and prioritize what he wanted, he chose to trust. If you ask the people close to me, they'll tell you that I'm kind of a control freak. And it's true, so I'm okay with admitting it to all of you. Um, but this is the part of obedience that I really struggle with. And I think control is something that's hard for us to give up because not only do we have to put aside what we want, but we also have to trust in the outcome. That the outcome will either be the same as what we want, or that even if the outcome is different, that it will still be a good thing. So a few summers ago, Jeffrey and I took a trip to the Boundary Waters, and during our trip, we decided to take a day trip to this waterfall. We were gonna load up our canoe with a picnic and fishing stuff, and we were gonna have some fun there, it was gonna be super fun, and all that stuff. And according to our map, it was less than a half a mile away. And so we start to canoe to this waterfall, and I demanded to be in charge of the map. And Jeffrey is an Eagle Scout, and he has way more experience in the Boundary Waters than I do, but it was a short trip, and all that I had to do was keep an eye out for this big rock, and then we would take a left at the big rock, and the waterfall would be right there. And it sounded super easy, so I figured that I could do it. And so about an hour and a half later, we are still paddling, and Jeffrey's like, hey, um, what does the map say? Like, are we getting close? And I start to panic, because I realized in that moment that I had not even opened the map at all. And so I quickly open the map, and I look around for the big rock, and I'm hoping it's like magically right there, and it's not. And so I have to tell Jeffrey in that moment, that I had not even opened the map. And so he takes the map from me, which is probably a good choice, and, I, and he can't even find any landmarks that match where he thinks we are on our map. And so we're lost, and it's my fault. And normally, cell phones do not work in the Boundary Waters, but I take mine out, and I pray, and I open Apple Maps. And magically, it works. But I remember being super confused looking at the map because there was this really big red line that was cutting through the center. 
And the, red, or, and the dot that indicated where we were was like way above that red line. And so I'm looking at this map and I'm confused and I show Jeffrey and he just starts laughing at me. Because that red line was the international border between the United States and Canada. <laughs> and I had led us an hour into Canada. I wanted to remain in control of the outcome, and I refused to trust. And because of that, we had to paddle an hour back just to get over the border, and then another half an hour just to get to our destination, when the trip was only supposed to be a half an hour long. And we did end up finding the waterfall, and it was beautiful. But it would have gone way smoother if I would have just given up control to the person who was a little more qualified and trusted that the outcome would still be good. And I think that we do that with God, too. I think back to moments in my life where God has called me to make changes in my life, and instead of trusting him, I try to take control of the situation. But if we think about the bigger picture, God is way more qualified to have that control. Because not only does God see the bigger picture, when we're just experiencing the smaller details. But God also knows what's best, and he knows what's next. So obedience looks like moving away from wanting control and moving toward trust. And this is something that's difficult to do. But if we continue reading where we left off in Luke chapter 5, we'll see what Jesus is able to do when Peter trusts him. So starting in verse 4, it says this. When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Peter, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Peter replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Peter, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. I think Peter's response at the beginning of this passage is so real because it showcases his doubt. In verse five, he says, we worked hard all last night and we didn't catch a thing, but if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. His initial response after giving up control to Jesus is doubt. And when I reflect and I think about the times in my life when I've given up control and I've put my trust in Jesus, doubt is usually a part of that process. But even though Peter doubted and even though he didn't want to give up control and even though he struggled to trust Jesus, at the end of this passage we see Jesus calling Peter to say yes to something huge, to join him in his mission. And in that moment, Peter leaves everything he knows, everything that's familiar, everything that he's worked for, and he responds with obedience. He says yes to the work that Jesus has in store in and through him. 
But I like to think about what Peter's life would have looked like if he would not have responded with obedience. Because sometimes our doubts can get in the way of obeying. And if you think about it, Peter had a lot to lose by dropping his nets and following Jesus. He left his source of income, he left his family, and he left what was comfortable. And there was risk in his choice to obey. And when there is risk, we tend to doubt. But Peter shows us in this story that obedience also looks like moving away from doubt and moving toward confidence. Obedience looks like moving away from doubt and moving toward confidence, and not necessarily confidence in ourselves, but confidence in who we are trusting. And if we look back to the story, there was something that happened that helped Peter make this move. When Jesus called Peter to drop his nets on the other side of the boat, and it worked, Peter understood in that moment that he was in the presence of someone greater. He got a glimpse of who God is and what God is capable of. And Jesus invites Peter into that process by asking him to follow him. And I think it's moments like these that help us move from doubt to confidence or faith in God. Moments in our lives where it's so obvious that God has showed up. As a youth director, I've had the opportunity to attend a lot of mission trips over the years, uh, ones that I've attended both as a student and ones that I've led as an adult. And on every single trip, it is so obvious that God is at work in the community that we're serving, and it's also obvious that he's at work in the hearts of everyone on the trip. And for the most part, everyone walks away from these trips feeling like they've grown in their relationship with Jesus because it was so easy to experience his presence during the week. So remembering moments like these help us remember who God is and what he's done. But sometimes we get in the way of this being effective. Something else that happens on mission trips and something that I've experienced myself is that when we get home from these trips, a few weeks go by and things kind of go back to normal. And Jesus seems farther away because we move farther and farther away from the experience where his presence was so obvious. So when we are faced with the opportunity to choose obedience, our instinct of doubt can sometimes be so strong that we forget the ways that God has shown up for us. We forget that the God who calls us to trust and obey is faithful. So when the step of obedience seems too big or when our doubt seems too big, we need to think back and remember how God has shown up for us in the past. Because when we do this, it, it helps us remember the God we are trusting. Doubt is real and doubt is normal. But when we think back to how God has been faithful, it can help us make that move from doubt to confidence. And that confidence can move us to take a step of faith. One of Peter's most well-known moments in scripture is when he takes a huge step of faith. And if we look at Matthew chapter 14, we see that Peter has been following Jesus for a while and has seen him perform a ton of miracles. And in this passage, Jesus has just fed the 5,000 and he sent the disciples across a lake so he could dismiss the crowd and spend some time in prayer. So starting in verse 24, it says this. 
Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from land, for a strong wind had arisen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came, forward, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified, and in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. And then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you, walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. And when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified, and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And immediately, Jesus reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Jesus said, why do you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him saying, you really are the son of God. So Peter's encounters with Jesus have shown us that obedience looks like moving from control to trust and moving away from doubt and moving toward confidence. And I think what Peter teaches us here is that obedience looks like moving away from what's comfortable and moving toward what will grow us. Peter's choice to step out onto the water meant that he was leaving the safety that the boat provided. He would have probably felt a lot more comfortable and a lot safer staying on the boat, but he responded with obedience so he could experience something that would ultimately grow his faith. So earlier I mentioned that God has been teaching me more about obedience lately, and I feel like I've experienced all of these steps in that process. So before I came to Calvary, I was actually on staff at a church in North St. Paul as their worship leader and associate youth pastor. And Jeffrey and I had been there for two years, and the people there felt like our second family. And I had known for a few years that God had called me to youth ministry. And when God eventually opened up a door for me to be able to do that full time here, I did not want to respond with obedience. Because I didn't want to leave what was familiar and what was comfortable because I didn't want things to change. And even though I felt God orchestrating this opportunity for me and I could see his hand in the process and I knew this was the next step, I was still afraid. And toward the end of my interview process for Calvary, I remember sitting and praying. And in that moment, I came to God with my doubts and with my fears and with my reluctance to be obedient. But in that quiet time with God, I was reminded of the times in my life when God showed up. I was reminded of the night at Trout Lake Camps when God showed up in my life and called me to ministry. I was reminded of how my mid-year transfer from the University of Minnesota to Bethel University so I could study ministry should not have happened because of financial aid issues. But God showed up and made it happen. And I remember how God showed up for me during my first big career change into ministry. And I remember sitting there and thinking, how can I not respond with obedience? Because the God who showed up for me before, despite my fear and despite my doubts, will also show up now. All I have to do is trust 
and obey. And when I looked back and I remembered how God showed up, it helped me move from doubt to confidence. And so I took a step of faith and I left what was comfortable and I moved toward where I knew God was calling me to grow. And I feel like that choice of obedience has given me so many opportunities to grow. I'm doing things in ministry that I never thought that I'd get the chance to do. Like stand up here on a Sunday morning and share a message with all of you. But ultimately the story of Peter teaches us that when we choose obedience, we trust God to change us. When we choose obedience, we trust God to change us. And when we trust God to change us, things will be different. And it might feel different for a while, but that does not mean that God isn't faithful. And when things feel different, it's easy to get caught up in that and wish that we could go back to what's familiar and what's comfortable. But Peter's story shows us that when God calls us to make changes in our life, he doesn't just leave us there. He walks with us throughout that process. So maybe there are some of us this morning who are sitting on the fence of obedience. You're still sitting in the boat. Maybe you feel that God is calling you toward a career change or toward a financial change, but you're too afraid of the risk that comes with it. Or maybe God is calling you away from an unhealthy addiction or an unhealthy habit, but you feel like you're in too deep to make changes. Or maybe God is calling you to trust him more with your time and maybe obedience in that looks like getting more involved at church or joining a small group. Whatever change God is calling you to make, Peter's story shows us that when we are fixated on what could go wrong, we sink. But when we obey and trust Jesus, we grow. Or maybe you've said yes already. You responded with obedience and you took that big step of faith and you said yes to something big and you've worked hard. But the outcome has been a little bit different than what you've hoped. And you're still waiting for God to show up. My time at Calvary has been amazing and I love being here. And so many of you have been so intentional about helping Jeffrey and I feel like we're at home here and I'm super thankful. But if I'm being honest, Calvary still feels different. And it's not different in a bad way, please don't hear me say that, but I, it still feels different. And it might feel that way for a while, but that doesn't mean that God isn't faithful when he calls us to big changes. Or maybe you're here this morning and God called you to a big change in your life and you responded with obedience, but then when things became different, you started to doubt. And so you stopped putting effort into that change. And I want you to know that if that's where you're at this morning, that's okay. But when that happens, I want us to remember that when Peter walked out of the boat in obedience and he got caught up in doubt and he sank, that Jesus didn't leave him there. And Jesus didn't meet him there with guilt and with shame. Jesus reached out his hand, he pulled him back up, and he reminded Peter why he could trust him. And God will do the same for you. 
So wherever you're at this morning, my question for you as we close is this. How do you wanna be different next year? Where is God calling you to change and how will you respond? Peter's story shows us that when we choose obedience, we make a move toward what God has in store for us. And based on Peter's story, I think that we can expect big things. Would you pray with me? God, we, we thank you that you are a God who loves us. God, we thank you that you are a God who has big plans for us. And God, when those plans seem scary or different or new, God, I pray that you would remind us of who you are and what you've done. God, we thank you that you are a God who walks through change with us. God, that you don't leave us there, you walk with us. God, I pray that as we enter into the new year, God, that we would feel conviction to where you have called us and that we would move with obedience toward what you have in store for us. It's in your son's precious and holy name that I pray. Amen.